From the cinematic universe of J.J. Abrams comes the space strategy game Star Trek Fleet Command. Be the commander of your own missions. Customize your fleet of starships. Assemble a crew of new and familiar faces. Choose your weapons to prepare and lead your crew in epic battles. Every moment counts in these real-time battles. Boldly go where no one has gone before. Star Trek Fleet Command. Download free today on the App Store or Google Play. 5AA Breakfast. David Penberthy and Will Goodings. Weekdays from 6 to 9 on Adelaide's 5AA. Good day from ABC Space Headquarters in New York. It is July 20th, 1969. And man is about to land on the moon. I'm going to step off the land now. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. It's mankind's greatest technical achievement. And 50 years ago this weekend, we remember when man walked on the moon. All those 50 years ago, my next guest, uh, David Chudwin, was covering the launch from Florida as the only US accredited journalist covering for the college press in America. David, good morning to you and thanks for your time. Good morning, Will. So when you close your eyes now 50 years on, what, what for you is the striking image of the moon landing, the launch, that and that whole period you spent in Florida? Well, the most exciting day for me actually was the launch because I was I was there. I was an eyewitness to history as the Apollo 11 crew took off in this uh, gigantic Saturn V. Um, on the morning of the 16th of July, I saw the men walk out from their quarters in their spacesuits. And this was really an extraordinary event seeing the um, last steps on Earth of the first people that were going to land on the moon. Uh, the other extraordinary thing was the launch itself. Um, the Saturn V was a mammoth rocket, the largest rocket that's ever been built by by humans. Uh, and, and the launch itself was uh, an amazing experience. Um, one physically felt the launch. The sound waves were so powerful, they pounded against your chest. The ground vibrated. You could actually feel the heat from the exhaust. And the noise was so loud, it's been compared to 100 locomotives. It's an extraordinary image. Was there nerves on the day from even those watching? Because the, the U.S. astronaut program had been fraught with, there had been tragedies, there had been engineering issues. On the day, was everyone 100% confident that everything was going to be okay? Or do you remember there being some concern? No, there were some concerns. I mean, the Saturn V rocket that took the men to the moon is actually a huge bomb. Um, for example, there were 700,000 gallons of kerosene. Uh, there was liquid oxygen. There was liquid hydrogen. Uh, and the launch was actually a controlled explosion. And in fact, all the observers were kept uh, at least three miles away because in case it exploded, uh, there'd be certain injury. So there was concern and, and doubt as well. Wow. So what? So the launch happens, and you're at this extraordinary event. The adrenaline's pumping. You see them disappear into the sky, and then then, then there's this this lull for a couple of days. What are you doing as a journalist covering it? Then are you being briefed regularly? How do you get information in in 1969? Yes, well, um, NASA had set up a, a special Apollo 11 news center in Cape Canaveral. There were over 3,500 journalists there, more than have ever covered any event before. 
And so they, they had regular news conferences and briefings, and they had long tables with typewriters to write stories on. This was before the days of laptop computers or the Internet. They also laid out voice transcripts from the, uh, you know, from the ground to the, the space. And so then, the, then, then comes the, the, the fateful day that man walks on the moon. How does those 3,500 journalists assemble? Where are you and, and, and what's your feeling at that moment? Well, most of the journalists had flown to Houston. As as a college journalist, I, this was a very low-budget operation, <laughs> and I frankly didn't have the funds to fly to Houston. So I was with uh, two to 300 reporters still at Cape Kennedy uh, while the majority were in Houston. Uh, but in, in the NASA News Center, they had uh, two or three color televisions. Uh, but most importantly, they had the uh, so-called squawk boxes or uh, uh, loudspeakers with the communication between the capsule communicator and Mike Collins in the command module and Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin in the lunar module Eagle. And we listened to those very intently. Were they on delay? Did you? There obviously was a delay in terms of the signal getting back, but were they being looked at before they got to the the media, not cleaned up or affected, but just in case something, you know, something had happened? Yes, um, I've, I've read, uh, you know, I can't confirm it, but I've read it, at least one source said that there was a seven-second delay, um, especially of the television transmissions, uh, in case there would have been a disaster. But I, I think that, um, to me, the landing on the moon was much more difficult than, than actually stepping foot on the moon. That was really more a symbolic gesture. Yeah. It was the landing that was really hard and where Neil Armstrong really showed his incredible skills as a pilot. So you're 19 years old at this point in time. Um, you, you, as you say, you're junior compared to everyone else that's that's there covering the event. Did that, for you, make it... Did, did you have a better sense of the, 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 the historical nature of what was transpiring? Or were you sort of a, a bit wide-eyed, young and naive, and it was hard to get a sense that this is the kind of thing you'd be 50 years later being interviewed about halfway across the world? No, this I was definitely a wide-eyed teenager. You know, um, I um, uh, you know, did the best I could, but news cycles were different then. No. Uh, it wasn't a 24-hour news cycle. So, for example, after the launch, um, I went back to the motel and took a swim before I went to write my story at the news center because I didn't need to get the copy in until later in the evening. <laughs> the extraordinary thing. What, what else changed? What, the, the, what else changed the, that day? Well, I, I think the whole concept of, of humanity uh, I think that the, the this was the first time human beings had set foot on another celestial body, and I think the huge future of humanity lies in space, uh, and um, space can be a lifeboat for the human species uh, in case there's a large asteroid hits the Earth, in case there's a terrible environmental pollution, uh, things like that. And so I think looking forward in the centuries ahead. Uh, this will be looked back on as, as the start of a whole new environment for human beings. David, we appreciate your time. How are you marking the weekend? You, is there a special event that you're, uh, you're attending? Yeah, I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm stuck in the airport in Houston, in Huntsville, I'm sorry, Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, I went to a special dinner last night honoring the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11. Um, in Huntsville, Alabama was where Werner von Braun and associates uh, constructed the Saturn V moon rocket. So they had a very special wow. program here last night with some of the Apollo astronauts. Well, David, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate you joining us on uh, 5AA Breakfast. Thank you very much.